in the wake of mass rioting and looting throughout Chicago, mostly in its downtown areas, Mayor Lori Lightfoot is saying, no, we do not need National Guard help. While Donald Trump is simultaneously saying it's time to call in the National Guard to Portland over 74 nights of rioting. Chicago was hit pretty hard. People were romping about the downtown area, moving through the Mag Mile near the Gold Coast and up into some north side neighborhoods. There's cops getting shot at, returning fire, a security guard's in critical condition. In one video, a man fires several gunshots into a window. He's trying to rob a Gucci store. You got another video where a dude rams a vehicle into a window as looters cheer him on. And many of these looters are filming themselves doing it. These people are not protesting anything. Some of them are pretending they are, but these are just opportunists taking advantage of the fact that law enforcement has been crippled in the wake of these Black Lives Matter riots. That's why it's surprising to me that considering how many nights of rioting we've had in Portland, that the mayor of Chicago is saying no to National Guard or federal assistance. Donald Trump right now is saying that we need to send the, the National Guard into Portland to quell the unrest. I find this story rather frustrating. I want to get into the crux of what's going on with Chicago because there's a lot of updates here. But the point of this is to talk about the deployment of the National Guard and why it's probably appropriate now more than ever. You see, Donald Trump deployed federal officers to the federal courthouse on the after the 39th night of rioting in Portland. Protesters, extremists, whatever you want to call them, broke into the building and set fires. Following this, they deployed federal law enforcement to bolster the defensive capabilities of their courthouse. And that is all. What did we hear from the media, though? The media claimed Trump was sending out secret police, his Gestapo, to patrol the streets with unmarked vans and vehicles and unidentifiable officers beating people in the streets. It never happened. But I'll tell you this. If Trump did actually deploy federal law enforcement to guard, guard our city streets throughout this country, the rioting would not have happened in Chicago. So perhaps Trump is right. But he's not just saying we need the National Guard. He's saying local officials need to be held accountable for this. They, they, they claim all of these leftists at the moment federal officers stayed inside the courthouse and deferred to local police. It all became peaceful. And that's a lie. It wasn't true then. It's not true now. So perhaps Trump is correct. There was rioting in Portland once again for the 74th night. Widespread mass looting throughout Chicago. Riots in Seattle where they damaged and destroyed a bunch of windows. And an unlawful assembly declared in Phoenix, Arizona, among many other protests that weren't as notable because they didn't you know, break out into full scale riots. At what point do we say this needs to be put under, you know, we need control of these cities and the local officials are failing to actually do their jobs. I think at this point, Trump is correct. And we need some kind of federal law enforcement to help deal with what's going on in these cities. Otherwise, it will get worse, which is why it's shocking to me that Mayor Lori Lightfoot is saying once again, no to federal assistance. They aren't able to stop the violence, which is getting worse in almost every single city. Chicago did deploy a couple new units, which did see crime go down a little bit. But gun violence is still really, really bad. It's about time these local officials swallow their pride and recognize they can't deal with this and they should take Trump up on his offer. Otherwise, they're proving him right. In cities that are run by Democrats, there's mass looting, riots, unrest. And at the federal level, Trump is deploying law enforcement to guard federal jurisdiction. A lot of people are complaining that he's sending in the secret police, but he's not. 
And I'm sure many local residents now wish that he did. So let, let's do this. Let's not waste any more time. Let, let me show you exactly what Trump said. And I want to break down the lie about how Portland ever was peaceful and then talk about what's going on in Chicago and why it's time to be a bit more proactive than even Trump is saying. Trump should be saying we need the National Guard in Chicago, too, because the unrest that's going on in Chicago, according to my family members, actually never stopped. While we did see mass unrest last night and looting, there has been an increase in crime and smaller groups looting certain areas ever since the George Floyd riots started. Let's read this first story. Trump urges Portland to bring in National Guard amid unrest, warns officials they will be held responsible. Before we get started, however, head over to timcast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There's many ways you can give, but the best thing you can do, subscribe to my channel. About half the people who watch aren't actually subscribed. And if you want to make sure that YouTube does let you know when my videos go up every day at 4 p.m., hit that subscribe button just below the video. Give a little tap and my videos are more likely to pop up in your feed. Also hit the subscribe, hit the like button and the notification bell. Let's read the news. Fox says President Trump on Monday urged Portland to bring in the National Guard after months of unrest, calling the city out of control and warning local officials that they will be held responsible. He said, Portland, which is out of control, should finally, after almost three months, bring in the National Guard. The mayor and governor are putting people's lives at risk. They will be held responsible. The guard is ready to act immediately. The courthouse is secured by Homeland. They like to claim that Trump is a dictator. He's not. He's actually not forcing his way into any of these cities. In places like Chicago, he's deployed FBI, ATF, and DEA to assist by doing desk work, allowing police to actually go out on, onto the street and deal with real crime. But no, Trump isn't deploying National Guard or the military, invoking the Insurrection Act. He's not doing any of this. He's letting these cities prove to their own residents that they're incapable of dealing with the unrest. And maybe they should have listened to Trump a long time ago. That's the warning for Mayor Lori Lightfoot when she keeps saying over and over again, I don't need help from Trump. She said it last month or the month before. Now she's saying it again. You know what's going to happen. The unrest will spark back up because people on the far left are planning these massive protests around election time. They say Trump's tweets come after a riot was declared in Portland, Oregon on Sunday as officers tried to quell unrest that saw protesters march on a police union building, throw objects at officers, block a road and set dumpsters on fire. Live video had showed multiple dumpster fires had been set near the building less than a half an hour after police tweeted criminal activities, including but not limited to vandalism, unlawful entry to the building or fire starting could be subject to arrest the use of tear gas and or crowd control munitions, according to the AP. They say Democratic Mayor Ted Wheeler said violent protesters are also serving as political props for the president, while the president has called the protesters sick and dangerous anarchists running wild in the city streets. They mentioned that tear gas was used in Portland. The president has been denouncing the violent demonstrations in Portland for weeks, and his administration deployed federal agents, including some U.S. U.S. Marshals Special Operations, CBP, ICE, etc., to the federal property. All Trump has done so far is guard federal jurisdiction, and good for him. The other night in Portland, several officers were injured by mortar explosions. They were burned, but this is typical. You know, every morning I wake up, I say, oh, hey, look, you know, the riots in Portland again. And most of you are probably tired of it. I mean, I'm tired of talking about it. We get it. More people throwing bombs, starting fires. But now they're attacking residential homes. They're vandalizing residential homes. 
They, they, they're attacking people at their property. In one video, a man is screaming, get off my property. They won't listen to him. The riots are getting out of hand and something needs to be done about it. But what do we hear? What do we hear from all these leftists? That when Trump's feds withdrew, it became peaceful, right? Well, then why are we here? Because it wasn't true then and it's not true now. Take a look at this tweet from Brooklyn Dad. This guy is a very prominent Trump reply guy. He's got hundreds of thousands of followers. He says, there have been three straight nights of peaceful protests since Trump's goons left Portland. It's not a coincidence. 20,500 retweets, except Trump's DHS never left. They're still there to this day. And it was never peaceful. And I'll prove it. But there's more. This tweet from Ryan Cooper. This, who, so Ryan Cooper is a national correspondent at The Week. He tweeted out a story from the Wall Street Journal that said, with no federal agents on streets, Portland protest turns, turns largely peaceful. Not true. And he says, imagine that. Sorry. Now I can respect the Wall Street Journal, but they got this one wrong. Here's a tweet from Ahmed Baba. He says, once again, Portland protests were peaceful last night since federal forces aren't there. Also, every single person in this clip is wearing a mask. This is why these protests haven't caused COVID-19 spikes like bars and other other gatherings. It was just not true. Now, now that the, the protests are sparking back up, or I should say riots, I'm sorry, I, you know, the riots are sparking back up. We see things like this. Pitching a think piece on Portland, how Trump's federal officers in Portland changed the character of the city forever and made truly peaceful protest impossible even after the feds left. <laughs> I love it. I love the narrative game they're playing. You see how when Trump's, when, when the state claimed, here, here's what happened. The state said they would start policing these, these protests, these riots. And the feds said, okay. So the feds deferred to the police. And around this time, it was, I would say, more peaceful simply because the feds stopped engaging as people burned things in the street and beat people in the street, but they were still doing it. But because we didn't see widespread imagery of the police attacking people, just the rioters, you know, being violent, they didn't report on it, I suppose. But now that the violence has escalated and it's worse than it's, than it's basically ever been, they're now saying, well, well, it's, it's Trump's fault for simply being there caused it to not, not be able to be peaceful. Uh-huh. Take a look at this from the Washington Post. Trump ordered federal forces to quell Portland protests, but the chaos ended as soon as they left. It never did. I love this one. Without feds, Portland protests again peaceful. Just lies, lie after lie after lie. Now, it was true that many of the protesters stopped the far leftists from throwing explosives and starting fires for the most part once this ceasefire was agreed upon. I, I call it ceasefire, but whatever, you call it, whatever you want to call it. The governor of Oregon said the feds were withdrawing and that state police would be moving in. It seems likely, in my opinion, that many of these, you know, protester types realize now they needed to look good for the cameras. The only problem, while on the surface we did see it was less tense, again, probably because the feds weren't actually stopping them from being violent, they were still violent. August 1st, this article is written from Courthouse News. Okay, well, here's, an art, here, here's a statement from DHS on August 1st. They talk about stacks of papers and plywood was set on fire outside the courthouse fence in the vicinity. They say OSP engaged the group setting the fire. Rioters threw objects at FPS personnel as they responded to extinguish the fire. No use of force or injuries were reported. Rioters broke two windows at the Edith Green Federal Building but disappeared before FPS could respond. DHS officers conducted zero arrests. 
Neither federal officers or OSP reported any use of force or injuries to officers. So uh, if the DHS is reporting that there were windows smashed, fire started, they did engage with them. What's up with all these stories and statements from the left? Ah, propaganda. Propaganda and lies because they don't want Trump to be correct. Now Trump is saying we need the National Guard because it's worse than ever. He was right the whole time. What are they saying now? Well, well, it's actually the Fed's fault that things are increasingly violent. Oh, oh, I'm sure. 39 nights of rioting and the far left used some kind of welding cutting tool to break into the courthouse, vandalize everything. And only after 39 nights did feds come in to up defend the courthouse. And they say Trump caused this. I'm sorry. It's, it's patently absurd. Here's a tweet from Andy No, August 2nd, 1.31 a.m. From August 1st, overnight, Antifa gathered in a residential area of Portland to attack a Portland police building. They've been pushed far back. They were rioting on the 1st into the 2nd. I have another tweet from Andy. This one from 7.48 p.m. August 1st from the night prior, where they said it was peaceful. BLM and Antifa protesters beat up someone in their own camp at the park next to Portland Federal Courthouse. I recognize some of these people as ones who started fires at night. Some have also been arrested and released multiple, time, multiple times. We have this tweet from Andy, 3.50 a.m. August 1st, from the night of July 31st into the 1st. Antifa protesters in downtown, downtown Portland have started burning American flags in the street and burning Bibles. So no, it never stopped. It kept going on. And on the night of the 1st, while this peaceful demonstration was occurring, at least according to these leftists on Twitter, more than 150 rounds were fired, victims struck by bullet in Montevilla neighborhood, Portland police announced. So no, it was never peaceful. And I'll say it again. If Trump had actually sent out federal law enforcement to Chicago, to New York and these other places, this rioting would have stopped a long time ago. But he didn't. Trump only used the feds to defend federal jurisdiction. I guess, you know, it's, it's rather unfortunate, but I'm going to say it. If, if Joe Biden gets elected, then you will not have this kind of response. Joe Biden will do what all of the other Democrats are doing and standing down and allowing this to happen, because here we go. Even after this, OK, mass looting throughout downtown Chicago into the north side neighborhoods, they pulled the drawbridges around Chicago. So there's a portion of Chicago's downtown, which is basically a peninsula. You got the lake on one side, Chicago River on the other. And it creates this large section where if you lift all the bridges, nobody's getting out of this area. And the, it's actually relatively easy to place. Well, they did this to stop people from getting in from the Gold Coast, Magmile area north of the river. After all this, according to some family members of mine, they weren't surprised to hear it because they've said, oh, well, the looting and the rioting and stuff, it's been ongoing nonstop since end of May. It never ended. And I said, well, well how, how come we aren't hearing about this? Here's what I'm told by, you know, some locals to put it, you know, I guess to what, t- take it with a grain of salt. There have been groups that have been, have been that have been engaging in looting and smash and grabs since the riots started. It's just not that big. It's a handful of people here and there. But the crime seems to be up, at least according to people I know who are in the city. This wasn't surprising to them because it's just an escalation of what's already been going on. Apparently someone pulled up to a store with a U-Haul van like these people know what's happening. They're prepared to start looting. There's no confidence in the police to actually deal with the crime. And that's why I showed you everything about Portland. Here's the mayor of Chicago 
saying we don't need National Guard. Here's the mayor on June 26th. I don't need leadership lessons from Donald Trump. As our police officers, street outreach workers and residents continue to work tirelessly, tirelessly to keep our communities safe. He's using the victims of gun violence in our city to score cheap political get points, spew racist rhetoric and ignore the impact of COVID across the country. It's despicable. It's disgusting and all too typical. Same old tired playbook. How about some leadership not steeped in the divide and conquer tactics? I stand with Governor Pritzker in providing for the safety and well-being of our residents. If only she actually listened to the president and actually took in the help from federal law enforcement or the National Guard, the looting and rioting would not have happened last night in Chicago. This is a failure of leadership for political reasons. She rejected what Trump was saying. It is stupid. You don't have to like the man to recognize you need help. Portland is unable to stop the riots after 74 nights, and she was given an opportunity months ago to accept federal assistance to stop the violence in the streets. And she said, I don't need lessons from Trump. And she's saying it again. Here's my prediction. Trump was right. He was right, not in the sense that he said he came out, there's going to be more rioting in Chicago. He was right in the sense that the police are struggling to deal with the unrest. You need federal help. Whatever happens in the future, well, now it's on them. And it is. So guess what? The looting, the rioting happens. It's going on in Portland. It's happening in Seattle. You know, Seattle tried to actually stop their police from using riot munitions against rioters. And the police had to put out a message saying, we're not going to be able to help you because our hands are tied. A federal judge had to intervene. Once again, the federal government helping to stop the unrest that the locals don't seem to care about. Well, now after all this, Mayor Lori Lightfoot is still saying, I do not need your help. Swallow your pride, man. Swallow that pride. Push your ego down and say anything we can do to help the people of Chicago feel safe and secure. I am willing to accept any available resources to help secure our city are welcome. Why not? If the federal government says all we're going to do is take, you know, we're going to come in and we're going to help you out. What's the problem with this? Well, here we go. Mayor Lori Lightfoot rejected calls for the National Guard to patrol Chicago in the wake of overnight looting downtown while defending herself on Monday from criticism that her administration failed to protect the city. Lightfoot said she spoke with Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker and neither believes the National Guard is needed at this time. The city has been working with state police, she said. Lightfoot also preemptively criticized President Trump, who had previously threatened to send in federal agents to intervene in Chicago street crime. (laughs) No, this is ridiculous. FBI investigators, not boots on the ground law enforcement. He recently sent a bunch of agents to the city as part of Operation Legend, which Lightfoot said she supports as long as it's operating through U.S. Attorney John Losh. So what's the problem? Trump is doing what you he's, he's here. It's happening. Trump says, look at all these fine, beautiful law enforcement we have right here. Let them know what you need. And they're here to accommodate. And she's like, I don't need nothing from Trump. I don't need the National Guard. They're 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 going to they're going to follow your lead. You tell them what you need. They're here to help. They're giving you additional resources. They're not telling you what to do. Why won't you accept this? Oh, I get it. It'll make Trump look good, I suppose. You know, they want to make it. Here's what they're saying. Trump is failing this country. Look at all the civil unrest. Trump has offered you support. You rejected it. Well, well, Trump is failing on COVID. Trump has offered you support. You rejected. He's not forcing anything on anybody. Look, man. I got family in Chicago. This is annoying to me that you you she's saying she 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 supports Operation Legend so long as it operates to the U.S. attorney. 
So what's wrong with the National Guard operating under your instruction? More resource. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Pritzker said Monday he reached out to Lightfoot overnight to offer the state's help. And Illinois state police closed on, on ramps and off ramps where necessary for the city of Chicago. Illinois State Police Director Brendan Kelly has been in touch with Chicago police officials, and we want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to support the city as we did back in May and June when looting and mayhem occurred back then. Why were they not prepared for this? Did they think it was all over after the, the peak of the, of the nationwide riots in June? Were they like, well, that's it. We're all done here. Don't need any assistance. When Trump said at the end of June, federal assistance is ready and available. And she said, we don't need support for Trump. Why weren't they prepared for what happened last night? And, and to, for that matter, what's going on in Portland? You know, man, I don't live in Portland. I don't live in Chicago. And I left for a reason. Chicago has been horribly mismanaged for as long as I have been alive and longer. As long as I, I could tell the city was, was just awful. So I left. Not that I'm in a better place. New Jersey's not doing too, too well either. But I look at this and I'll tell you what, what bothers me about Chicago is I have family members there. So I want them to get their act together. Otherwise, I'm going to see to getting my family out in whatever, whatever ways I can. If you're still in the city now, now my family's mostly in the suburbs. So at least that's better than being in these cities. But this is, this is, this is nuts, man. Criminals need to, here's a quote. Criminals need to be held accountable, Pritzker said. I have, of course, been an advocate for police accountability and, it's, and for reforms, significant reforms. Having said that, these were criminals, people who broke in and were shooting people. We had 13, I believe, 13 officers injured last night. This is criminal activity, and those criminals need to be held accountable. You're right. So why didn't you know it was going to happen? Look, if, in, the, in the May 25th you know, incident, you know, which led to these widespread riots, I say we're all caught off guard. We have police ready and available. And we want to protect our city streets and our communities. And sometimes these things happens, happen and we're not ready for them. Well, it's been nonstop in Portland. So we know it's happening across the country. What made you think it was, it was over? That Chicago could just be like, all right, pack it in, boys. Everybody head back. We're not going to have a plan in place for this. We're not going to have anything ready for widespread looting or riots like we did it last month. It's all done, even though the election is coming up. And now when Trump says National Guard, or you will be held accountable. What do they say? No, 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 no. We don't, we don't need, you know what? You were wrong then. You're going to be wrong now. Mark my words. Lightfoot faced criticism from Alderman Brian Hopkins, who represents parts of downtown. Hopkins said he was on Michigan Avenue from midnight to about 4 a.m. and saw police with very little apparent plan to get overwhelmed by the crowds of looters. This is insane. They, the, the, the aldermen are like the local politicians for certain areas in, in Chicago. And they've been buttonheads with the mayor for quite some time. This is a complete failure. It, now they're saying that like, you know, from, I guess, 10 until 6 a.m., they're going to be locking down parts of downtown. Why weren't you ready? You didn't need to have downtown locked down. But why didn't they have, you know, a higher presence of, of uh, police officers in certain areas? Why don't they have a plan for this? And now, hey, at least the alderman's calling it out. So good on him to say there was no plan and they were getting overwhelmed. Hopkins criticized Lightfoot for not being prepared after an earlier looting in May and June. Boom, there it is. Dude's saying basically what I'm saying. I defer to him. I'll defer to him. The real question today is, where was the strategy? What was the decision making at the highest levels? That means the police superintendent and the mayor, who's a very hands-on mayor when it comes to these kinds of these decisions. Hopkins uh, painted a bleak picture for the city if Lightfoot can't get such criminal activity in and around downtown under control. So stop saying no. How many National Guard do you really need? Trump's right. Trump is right. 
Mark my words, man, they're going to regret it. Somebody tweeted, I can't remember who it was. Uh, I think it was Elijah Schaefer that Donald Trump can't hold his rallies because of COVID. But hey, the widespread rioting may as well be campaign rallies for Trump because he's not being a dictator. He's not forcing these people to do anything, but he's warning you about what happens if you don't pay attention and you don't get your act together and they're not getting their act together. And now this guy, this guy Hopkins, not the mayor. He's an alderman. So he has no problem saying it like it is. He says, literally, the future of Chicago hangs in the balance. I don't think it's an overstatement to say that if this continues, how can Chicago survive? What will be left downtown after Water Tower Place gets boarded up and the for sale signs go up on all the condos near Michigan Avenue? People who live around there have had their sense of safety badly shaken. This is our tax base, by the way. We count on tax revenue from this area of the city to fund all, uh, all number of other programs we count on. Uh, I don't know. Ask de Blasio. He announced he's going to be buying up these empty properties. Now that people are fleeing the city, he's got a great opportunity tanking property value. Maybe it's on purpose. Maybe that's the real game. They don't care. They don't actually want a plan. They want to make it seem like they're trying, but it's not really happening. I don't know, man. I'll tell you what, though. Bill de Blasio of New York has said it. They're going to, they're going to be buying up these empty buildings. And that, to me, is, is wow. Bl- uh, cutthroat, bloodthirsty opportunism. Now that people are suffering and being forced from their homes by chaos in the streets, he says, we'll buy up the property at discount and we're going to turn it into government program housing. Amazing. Chicago, you probably should have the National Guard come in. Otherwise, you're going to end up like New York unless that's what they really, really want. You know, it's funny. Trump's been right about a lot of things. I wish he was a, he was a, a man of better preparedness and character. But it, I'll tell you what, if you think you're going to get me to vote for Joe Biden simply because Trump's got a potty mouth and he's and he's off the cuff and he doesn't know how the system works properly, ill prepared for the role of the presidency. <laughs> no, 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 I'm sorry. Trump could be the, the, the worst in terms of his professional behavior. And at this point, I don't care. He said it. National Guard. What do, what do you think it's going to be like with the National Guard? I talked. I, I lived in Chicago. I've been in areas of the National Guard. You're, it's fine. You walk up, you wave, you smile, you keep going about your business. But I'll tell you what, you get National Guardsmen in here, no more rioting, no more looting. Why won't they listen to Trump? Why won't they take his advice on federal resources? Why won't they take the help he has offered? They hate the man so much, they would rather their cities burn to the ground. Now, I don't. I don't. And that's the thing. A lot of people are like, ah, Tim's finally, you know, talking, you know, jumping on the Trump train. No, 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 I'm sorry. It's not true. I'll tell you this. As much as I don't like the man, you have to be insane to, to, to sit back, you know, and, and watch all of this happen. And that's what they're doing. So I'll, t- I'll, I'll try and break it down for you. Trump, to me, was always a candidate. He was always a president. I just don't really like his demeanor and his professional behavior. And there are certain policy issues I disagree on. And I certainly wouldn't vote for Hillary Clinton. And I didn't care. Whatever. Now it's gotten real bad. And it's basically vote for Trump and the Republicans. Otherwise, these are what the Democrats are doing to these cities. At this point, I'm like, bro, I don't even like your policy or the way you talk, Trump. But at least you're offering up resources. Think about what we're looking at. A president like Trump who bad diction, I think, as Sargon says it, but he's basically going like this. I've got police and assistance ready and and available for any city that needs it. And they say no. Now, those people are insane. I'll take the potty mouth guy who's going to send in law enforcement to keep my city safe and help make sure we can live peacefully. That makes way more sense. I'll leave it there.
Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastnews. Check it out, and I will see you all then. Last night, widespread looting and rioting swept through Chicago, the Mag Mile, the Gold Coast. These are near north side neighborhoods just north of downtown. A security guard was shot. He's in critical condition. We don't really know why people were rioting. We have a general idea. Somebody got shot in a confrontation with police, but they're not entirely sure that's what's really causing this. But videos are coming out about people downtown Chicago shooting guns into the windows of one store, a Gucci store, trying to break in. People run screaming. There's a video where people claim someone tried to run down some cops, speeds off. People are getting hurt. And there's some videos of people getting arrested. But it's not just Chicago, man. There was mass rioting in Seattle. And of course, there was mass rioting once again for night, I believe, 74 or is it 74 of uh, Portland riots all across the country now. I mean, it's Chicago, it's Seattle, it's Portland. Seattle and Portland, you kind of you expect. But Chicago, man, this is crazy. What's crazy about Chicago is that the rioting was for no reason. It was people just, it was opportunists. There's videos of cars ramming into the windows of stores and everyone's cheering. They're filming themselves do this. One woman's live streaming herself as she tries to find the device for cutting the security tags off clothes. And then she yells, I can't breathe. If anyone believes you're actually doing this for Black Lives Matter, Of course, there are videos of uh, police arresting people. And there's reports, according to the Chicago Tribune, that people were showing up with shopping bags and at least one U-Haul pulled up during the looting. So it seems like people have at least planned something, but we don't know what the rioting was for other than just to steal stuff. I'm willing to bet we're going to see a puff piece from a bunch of news outlets saying the valiant looters defying gentrification, other, other stupid nonsense. But I want to make one important point before we start reading the story, because I, I got to tell you, man, we got we got a lot. This is huge. We got Seattle. We got Portland. The Washington Post did a puff piece photo shoot on, on, the, on the extremists, the rioters themselves in Portland, Get, like literally doing a photo shoot with them and praising them. But we also had yesterday in the chop, the former chop worship services, right-wing groups coming out, defying the lockdown in churches, holding their own events. But I want to say one important thing. Donald Trump, Operation Legend. This is not a, a campaign from the president to deploy armored riot police across the country to stop rioting. That's just not what he was planning. But the media tried to make it seem like it was. They said that Trump was dis- deploying his secret police across the country. Trump was not doing that. If only he did, though, Right. Because if Trump really did deploy DHS to stop rioting and to secure the streets, these riots in Chicago would not have happened. And the security guard who's currently in critical condition would be healthy and safe today. Maybe Donald Trump should have actually done something. Now, I don't literally mean that. I'm saying, look, it's up to the cities. The Democratic politicians of these cities have failed completely throughout Seattle. They were romping about smashing up banks. They were smashing up the Amazon store. That was just reckless violence. Portland was the same thing, fighting with police. Apparently, uh, some cops have now been injured. Chicago. This seemed like as soon as rumors started flying, apparently someone told people were spreading a false rumor that cops shot a kid. Not didn't happen. And that was enough. And then people were like, now's our chance. And they just rampaged through a wealthier area of Chicago, stealing everything. They, they broke into a Tesla building. <laughs> they broke into a Tesla dealership. And, 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 and this one, I know it's, it's, it's all kind of bad, but they looted Portillo's. Okay. Do, do you know what Portillo, Portillo's is a hot dog shop. It's, 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 look, 
It's it's a little, little hot dog hat. I actually ordered some recently to get a you know to get a good sampling of the old Chicago food I haven't had in a long time. They actually broke in and started looting Portillos. But I'll tell you what, man, some of these videos are nuts. Like that Gucci store one. You actually see the guy draw his gun and start shooting. He fires into the glass. Everyone scatters. He tries to kick it and he fires several shots. He couldn't get in. But I'll t- I, man, it, it is nuts. The video where the car rams the window. It was nuts in Chicago last night. All right. Anyway, the point is, everybody wants to act like Trump's this dictator, and he's not. But I'll tell you one thing. Trump says that this is Biden's America. If you vote for him, this is what you will get. And they say, but Trump, you're the president now. This is your America. It's happening here on your watch. Yes, except when it comes to federal jurisdiction, which Trump has, you know, that's his jurisdiction. No, he's not backing down. He deployed Fed to defend the courthouse where he needed to. He's got he's got feds on call with his, uh, his with his executive order to defend statues on federal property. The, the, the president doesn't go into the states. What he is saying is that you look at all these cities where chaos is, is taking off and it's Democratic leadership. You take a look at Ted Wheeler in, in Portland. I mean, it's, it's all his fault, in my opinion. You look at Seattle. They're actually they're all voting to abolish the police. This, we got one city councilman leading the rioters, the extremists to other council members' houses. The federal level, though, Donald Trump ain't backing down. Now, what would happen if you vote for Joe Biden? There would be no protection of federal jurisdictions. You know, people need to stop pretending like the president own, like owns or controls all of these other cities. No, that's up to them. If they start crossing state lines, the feds can come in. Let's take a look at what's going on with the Chicago, uh, what the Tribune has to say, because I got, and then I got a bunch of videos from you, for you, not from you, for you. Chicago police return fire as looters hit magmile, smashing windows and confronting officers. The Tribune reports hundreds of people swept through the magnificent mile and other parts of downtown Chicago early Monday, smashing windows, looting stores, confronting police, and at one point, exchanging gunfire with officers. Bravo, Mayor Mayor Lightfoot. You've done a great job ragging on the president when he offered up law enforcement assistance. This is on you. The officers had stopped several people on Lake Street near Michigan when shots were fired from a passing car around 4.30 a.m. Nearly five hours into the widespread vandalism, according to the police, uh, to police spokesman Tom Ahern. No officers were shot, but a squad car was hit, he said. It was not known if anyone uh, in the gunman's car was shot. Ahern said other officers were injured through the night. Earlier, an officer was seen slumped against a building by Grand and Wabash Avenues as other cops tended to him. It was unclear what had happened to him. Aaron had no details on the injuries. The looting began shortly after midnight as people darted through broken store windows and doors along Michigan Avenue, carrying shopping bags full of merchandise. Cars dropped off more people as the crowd grew. At least one U-Haul van was seen pulling up. So you, they, they, they were planning for this, man. Police made a lot of arrests and recovered at least one gun, officials said. One woman with shopping bags in her hands fell on the sidewalk as an officer was chasing her. Another woman appeared to have been pepper sprayed. A rock was thrown in a squad car. The looting seemed to be centered in Streeterville and North Michigan Avenue, but some looting was reported on State Street in the Loop and on the near north side by 4 a.m. Police appeared to be getting things under control. But some vandalism continued into daylight hours, and the CTA suspended train and bus service into downtown during the morning rush, while the Illinois State Police blocked off ramps from expressways. Bridges across the Chicago River were raised, except for the one on LaSalle Street for emergency vehicles. What basically happens then is when they, when they raise the bridges, there's an area where they create this big bubble. It's a big, it creates a peninsula, essentially, where 
you're trapped. If they raise those bridges and you're downtown, you're trapped. However, this rioting was happening north of the bridges in Chicago. So this means they raised the bridges to keep everyone out of the downtown area. I'll tell you what, man, Mag Mile, like these are tourist areas. These are these are not they're going into these areas so they can loot these these fancy stores. That's what they're doing. They say people were seen running out of a PNC bank. It's windows smashed at Huron and State Streets. Down the block, other stores, including a Sally Beauty Shop, had been cleaned out by vandals. Other parts of downtown, including around Grand and Wabash Avenues, were littered with trash. Crowds repeatedly tried to bash in the windows of the Omega Watch Store at Delaware Place and Michigan Avenue. The watch store, one officer said, they're going to get it eventually. A group of people went in and out through a broken window at the Louis Vuitton store along Walton Place across the street from the Drake Hotel. A squad car drove by and the group ran away. But as the car rode off, at least one person tried to go into the shop. The police returned. Go home, one cop shouted. You go home, someone shouted back at the cop. They don't care anymore, dude. Chicago's lost control. Stores on, on North Michigan were hit by uh, looters less than three months ago. So this, this we all know. You know, we don't, we don't need to get into the, uh, into the previous stuff. But check this out. I want to show you this is, this is the, the, the important part. Look, this is serious stuff, man. Security guard in critical condition after shooting in the loop. So this was... Uh, early this morning reported the loop is the downtown area where the trains, the train tracks. So Chicago is famous for its L train, the elevated trains that run through downtown. And there's an area where the trains make a loop around the downtown area. That's the loop. You, when you're, you know, you're inside it, you're surrounded by all trains. You can walk in any direction and you'll find the train track or eventually a train station. So we got a security guard, man. I, I really do hope he's okay. I think Chicago's in desperate need of help. And anybody who's denying it, they just want, these are the opportunists. They like what's happening. No, this is not good. There's a lot of people who are going to say, oh, we don't need, we don't need Trump's help. We don't need the Fed's help. And then I wonder what they're doing on nights like this. Laughing, joining in. Now, regular people are probably saying we need help. And we've got it in some of these tweets. But here's what's crazy about this. CBS, CBS News reports, it wasn't immediately clear what led to the unrest, which began shortly after after midnight. But anti-police graffiti was seen in the area. Yes, so what? They they always spray paint anti-police stuff. Hours earlier, CBS Chicago reported dozens of people had faced off with police and and officers uh, and and police after officers shot and wounded a person Sunday in in the city's Englewood neighborhood. They go on to mention all this. Apparently, somebody people were spreading rumors that the cops had shot a child or something. They say earlier uh, in the earlier shooting in Englewood, Police said they responded about 2.30 p.m. Sunday to a call about a person with a gun and tried to confront someone matching his description. He fled from officers on foot and shot at officers. Officers returned fire, wounding him, and a gun was recovered. He was taken to a hospital for treatment, and three other officers involved also were taken to hospital for observation. Nobody died. Nobody died. So what, what's, what's going on? More than, more than an hour after the shooting, police and witnesses said a crowd faced off with police after someone reportedly told people that police had shot and wounded a child, the crowd eventually dispersed. You know what may have happened? Opportunists. They, they heard, oh, something happened. They started spreading rumors. Oh, yeah, it was a kid. It was a kid. They get a crowd all rowdy. And then once the cops start mobilizing, they rush in and they take advantage of this. Well, I got a bunch of, I got a bunch of clips, man. Check this out from Frank Calabrese. I don't know who this guy is, but he was included in the story from CBS. I think he's just a, a, a dude who lives in Chicago. Look at this. He says they are looting Portillo's hot dogs and Walgreens. I called 911, but no police at all. Hundreds of looters. I'm saying, man, if you're still in a city, you haven't bought yourself a gun. 
I mean, and, and I'm not saying if you're in a city, go buy one. I'm saying you should leave the cities. You should buy yourself a gun legally, store it safely, get proper training and prepare to defend yourself because the police will not be able to protect you when this goes on. The most important thing you all need to understand, there are not that many police officers. People don't get it. You got millions of people. You got tens of thousands of cops. I don't know how many cops Chicago has, but I'll tell you in New York, for instance, you've got, I think, in the 30 to 40 thousands of police and you got in the, in the entire metro millions, 10 million and Manhattan Island alone, 2 million. Yeah, because the, the other half a million left. Those, those are the wealthier people. I'll tell you what's going to happen. You live in this area and they break into your building. You can call 911 all you want, baby. They ain't coming because they're going to be down there dealing with the actual chaos. R- people rampaging through the streets trying to hold a line somewhere. So when they come to your house and they come to your apartment building, when they smash up your store, your bank, and you're trapped inside and you're calling 911, they're going to be like, what would you have us do? That literally already happened. There was a woman. I can't remember what city this was, but it was during the mass riots. I think it was Virginia. She called uh, 911. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This was New York. New York. The, apparently during the looting, the mass riots in, in uh, uh, you know, two months ago now, there was a group of people broke into an apartment building or something. People were fighting. And so this guy calls 911 and he says, hey, there's people fighting in my building or something. And the response he got from 911 was the city is, uh, you know, like we're we're fighting a war or something. What would you have us do? There was also the story of the one in Virginia. The people were jumping up on her car and she called 911 and they were like, sorry, what do you think we can do about it? So here we go, baby. There was a video that went viral. A pickup truck was trying to drive down the street and a guy from the Black Lives Matter group put, pulled his gun to low ready. He had his gun out, ready to go. And, and apparently there were two people armed and they told the guy to turn. They told the guy to go around. The guy tried backing up and going around. They all scream and, and run, out, run up to him, turned him around. We're getting to that point, man. We're getting to that point. Look at this. Stores looted, damaged in Chicago's Goose Island neighborhood. It was everywhere. It wasn't just, listen, man, go pull up a Google Maps and take a look. This is all over Chicago. You have the, I mean, it's, it's centralized into the, the downtown and, you know, north side areas. Look at this. This guy says, we need the National Guard to help Chicago police prevent our city from being overtaken by these lawless people. How much more can we endure? This behavior affects everyone. Yep. This guy says, I agree. The police that shot that man without their body cameras turned on should be punished. No one is above the law, not even the police. And there it is. That's the excuse. Is that it? Nobody died. Chicago is, is this happens all the time. What? Now, cops shouldn't try and stop anybody who's, you know, seen committing a crime. You got this tweet here from Andy. No, a heavy set female looter tries to escape from police, but trips and falls. Black lives matter. I can't play the videos for you. You know, you were on YouTube. But uh, we, have, we have this here. This is a story from the Daily Wire. Portland police officers wounded in mortar attack. 16 arrested during violent Antifa riot. You know, what? I don't care to read about Portland, to be honest, because Portland's been going on nonstop for 74 days. And that's the all pro- that, that's your problem up in up in Portland. You want it? You want you, you look, you want to vote for these people. You want to support these people. That's what you get. Why is it that it was only a little old lady who came out? You know what? You guys have seen the video of the little old lady in Portland standing up, getting splashed with paint. I got really mad thinking about that, you know, because I remember I, I recorded on it, uh, a segment on it. And I said, where, where, where are the strapping young men of Portland to protect this woman, to, to protect these buildings, to stand up to these people? Nowhere to be seen, apparently. Now, I get it. You know, they you'll get arrested. So so why why get involved? The police won't arrest Antifa, they'll cut them loose. But if you try and defend them. But I'll tell you what. 
Where are the police to come and defend that little old lady? What are you doing if you're not defending a little old lady, man? You want to you're going to stand down because the mayor told you you had to do it. All right, whatever, man. I get it. I get it. Just stay out of Portland, I suppose. We got this. Uh, Andy No says, as Portland experiences more than 70 days of violent protests, riots, arson attacks, soaring homicides and shootings, the Washington Post actually publishes a glowing photo essay on Antifa riot fashion. What is wrong with reporter Marissa J and the editors there? Well, this woman's not a reporter. Like you look at her profile. She's a protester, gentrification and all things for the Washington. Uh, oh, oh, she I guess she covers protest, gentrification and all things D.C. for the Washington Post. Wander, luster, whatever, forever New Yorker. She's got a picture of herself wearing a black mask. She looks very Antifa, but I get it. It's probably just a covid mask. I'll tell you what's what's wrong with her. I mean, she supports the group. She she published this. Look at this. This is it's it's a glowing photo essay where they actually did photo shoots with the people joining in the rioting. All right. And they're trying to be like, look, the regular people who are who are coming out, engaging in this writing. Look, look how they stand and pose these people. Look at this. Did they tell them to do this? These people literally think they're playing a game as people are being injured in explosions. The Washington Post. This is insanely irresponsible. Oh, and you notice up here it says you canceled your subscription. Uh huh. I'm not going to reactivate it. Washington Post I actually canceled it a long time ago. Portland police declare riot Sunday after small crowd marches on police union. Small crowd. Yeah, just 200 people. I believe that's what they say. A small, a small crowd of 200. (laughs) This is insane, man. It's so crazy. A small crowd of 200 throwing mortars, explosions and whatever, man. Okay, fine. You know, what's really crazy. There's no articles about what happened in Seattle last night. Check this out. Andy, no tweets. Antifa are attacking an Amazon store again in Seattle. They've used, they're using sledgehammers and have been rioting for hours and smashing businesses in and around Capitol Hill. We also have this one. After breaking into the Starbucks and Chase Bank, Antifa in Seattle are smashing up the Whole Foods grocery store tonight. They use hammers to break windows one by one. No kidding. At the time of recording this video, I couldn't find a single article talking about anything having to do with riots in Seattle. I guess we're past this point. I guess we're at the point now where the Washington Post is going to be like, bravo, Antifa, you're looking so cool in your fancy clothes. Do, 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 do they want Donald Trump to win? It's the only thing I can think. So I'll tell you what right now. Trump has offered up. He has offered up federal authorities to assist in ending all of this. And these mayors, these governors, these locals just keep saying no. Bill de Blasio just announced the other day, that he wants, or I believe it was on Friday, that he wants to buy up buildings in New York City after they're, after they're empty. So what? They're destroying the cities on purpose so they can snatch up all the properties and create public housing programs? Maybe, maybe. If you, if you vote for these, for these Democrats, look at this, Mayor Lori, you got Lori Lightfoot trending right now, 10,900 tweets. That's her fault. If you vote for these people, well, then don't be surprised when you lose everything. Here's what people don't seem to understand about socialism. There is no circumstance in socialism where everybody gets lifted up. You let these people take over. Everyone gets pushed down. This is what I try to explain to people. The goal is to create equality, right? They want equality of outcome. What's the easier thing to do? Make everybody rich or make everybody poor? One, you snap your fingers and you take everything away from people and now they're equal. The other, you've got to you got to create property, you got to create resource. Ah, it's too difficult, too difficult. When these people, these socialists take over, they cut off the tall grass. 
They make sure that everyone gets pushed down. And all of these Antifa people will live in horrid squalor, worse than they do now, because they're dumb kids playing revolutionary, being propped up by the Washington Post. The insanity must stop. I'll tell you what, Biden and the Democrats sweep this November. This is it. These people won. The insanity, the unhinged, irresponsible, immature behavior, the looting, the vandalism, they're all clapping for it. You know what they said about the looters in, 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 uh, in Ferguson, which was now just what I think four, uh, no, six years ago. You know what they say? They say looting is, is fighting back. You know, it was, it was a form of protest. It's the language of the unheard, things like that. There was an article written by the far left called In Defense of Looting at the time of the Ferguson riots. And you know what the locals who lived in Ferguson were doing? They were linking arms to protect their stores from the looters who came from outside their neighborhoods. So now you look at this lady, this, these lunatic, unhinged people who are coming out pretending, pretending to do something. Now, that, look, at the, look at this lady. What does she think? She gets studded belt. They're LARPing. I would love for these people to truly understand what the world is really like, but they don't and they never will because they get pampered and protected by the other morons who vote for these moron politicians and then everything falls apart. And you know what? You live in these cities, you vote for these people. That's what happens. So I'm, I, that's why I'm moving out to the middle of nowhere. You gotta, I, I'm, I'm not interested in being a part of any of these unhinged collective jurisdictions anymore. You got all these people who live outside these cities and they vote blue no matter who. And then everything burns down and they say, why is this happening to me? Maybe you should think about who you voted for and what they're supporting. Listen, it's not about policy, not about policy. Never me. I never liked Republican policy. I'll tell you what it's about. It's about spinelessness. It's supposed to, now it's about policy to be fair. It used to be like the Democrat would say something like, you know, I'm pro-choice. And the Republicans say, well, I'm pro-life. And then you'd be like, all right, which one am I going to vote for? Now it's quite literally the Republicans saying, well, I don't know about all that, but I'm going to allow the police to stop the riots. And the Democrats are going, but the riots are the language of the unheard. And you're like, you're sitting there going, my, uh, my apartment got broken into and they burned down my coffee shop. And the Republican is sitting there saying, well, let's, let's figure out how to stop this. Let's, let's fix your coffee shop. And the Democrats saying, what do you mean? You have a problem? You think black lives don't matter? The, the rioting is the language of the unheard. There's a video of young women cleaning off graffiti from a building. And a woman pulls up and she says, why are you cleaning that up? And they're like, uh, we're just cleaning the building. And she says, do you think black lives don't matter? And the women, these young girls are like, huh? It's just we're cleaning graffiti. No, you got to leave the graffiti or else. There was another viral video where two people pull up to their store. They just recently purchased. It's like a furniture repair shop. And there's a bunch of Black Lives Matter posters all over their building. And the guy starts pulling them down and they ambush him with a camera. What are you doing? Why are you taking our posters down? Do you think black lives don't matter? And these people are just like, what? Yeah, that's what you will get once the Democrats win, because they are supporting this. I'm not exaggerating. They're literally supporting it. And now a security guard is in critical condition. They're not going to call it out. They bent their knee. Nancy Pelosi and the rest of them got on their knee. We, we are look, look, look at this, this unhinged individual, like carrying a leaf blower and wearing all these gloves, Antifa fashion. Man, I love for this person to work on a farm for one day, like to understand the work that goes into, you know, planting crops just so they can understand that life isn't easy for everybody. And you are the privileged elites. Just go do one day of hard work. Like, you know, at, at, at a coffee shop, at a McDonald's to understand what the working class really does go through. They don't. They don't get it. 
The funny thing about it is that these are the people who simultaneously say that the gulag, the intention was to teach the bourgeoisie what hard work was all about, make them break rocks for a couple of weeks so they could figure out what life was really like. Sure, maybe you can start with yourself first because you have no idea what hard work is. I'll leave it there, man. It's, uh, th- th- there's so much more to go through, but I'll save it. You know, look at this. Pro-police, pro-defunding groups clashed in City Hall. People were, look at this, man. They were having, uh, uh, they were doing baptisms at the Chaz, where the Chaz used to be. It's getting, it's getting spicy out there, man. I got another segment coming up for you at 1 p.m. Probably an update on all this. We'll see how it plays out. Thanks for hanging out. Now we'll see you all then. They showed up to his home, began vandalizing his property. When he came out to try and talk with them, they physically attacked him. He retreated inside. They went around to the back door and they fired a shotgun blast through it. And they nearly killed this officer. The story? Protesters tried to kill me. Video shows shot fired outside home of Wauwatosa officer Mensa. This is basically Milwaukee, about 90 miles north of Chicago, where all those riots took place just the other night. Now, this happened the night before, as I understand it, but it's in a similar area. And it seems to me that things are getting out of control. And I've said it many times. They're going to come to your house. They are going to come to your house. Now, this is an officer who's been suspended following the shooting of another individual and it's being investigated. Well, the protesters are angry. They're demanding justice or action. And it would appear they're demanding this man's life. The rule of law is breaking down. Rioting sweeps across the country just over the past, you know, just last night into this morning. The riots in Chicago were going on into daylight hours. And now we see stories like this. I mean, the story is from the day before, you know, keep in mind. But this is this is the next this is the next ex- escalation, man. They're not going to go protest and riot. They're not going to be demanding for, ju- you know, demanding justice from the government. They're just going to show up to the homes of people they don't like, and they're going to take matters into their own hands, as it were. It's why I've been saying over and over again, you've got to get out of these cities. You really do. Well, let's read the story. And I've got more for you, because as it turns out, there were actually some other riots last night I didn't cover in the first segment. And we also have a statement from Bill Barr, who gave an interview last night talking about what the left is trying to do. And this, well, this helps them. Protesters tried to kill me, Fox 6 Milwaukee reports. Police are investigating an incident that happened at the residence of suspended Wauwatosa police officer Joseph Mensa around 8 p.m. on Saturday, August 8th. While police said it happened at the residence of the officer who who has killed three people in the line of duty in five years, in a Facebook post, Mensa said it happened at his girlfriend's house. House, According to police, a group of approximately 50 to 60 people targeted and began to vandalize the home on 100th Street and Vienna Street. It was a whole lot of police cars and taped off, said Rita Evans, neighbor. I just couldn't get in to in front of my house. Copy editor, guys. So I had to park my car in the back. Video shared by a Fox 6 viewer showed the chaotic scene. Officer Mensa attempted to communicate with the group but was physically assaulted outside his home, according to a release from Wauwatosa police around 11 a.m. Sunday. I've got sons. I'm just going to have to tell my sons to be very careful about going in and out, said Evans. As the officer made his way back into his home, police said armed protesters approached the rear door and a single shotgun round was discharged into the back door. The investigation into this incident is ongoing, police said Sunday morning. Fox 6 News reached out to Mensa and his attorney, and we expect to hear, hear from him Monday. He released, he released a statement on, uh, on Sunday on Facebook. Well, we actually have a statement which gives a more definitive response, so we'll move on. They say, 
Police said in the release Sunday morning, they were actively monitoring reports, reported plans for demonstrations later Sunday, adding all city of Wauwatosa employees support the right to peacefully protest. Further incidents of vandalism or violent behavior will be dealt with on a situation by situation basis. Mensa has been involved in the shooting deaths of three people in five years. The 2015 fatal shooting of Antonio Gonzalez was ruled justified, as was the 2016 death of Jay Anderson. Mensa's suspension by a unanimous vote of the Wauwatosa Common Council on July 15th stems from the officer-involved shooting death of 17-year-old Alvin Cole on February 2nd. That case is still under review by the Milwaukee County District Attorney's Office. Meanwhile, Wauwatosa's mayor has called for him to transition from the Wauwatosa Police Department's employment. Mensa spoke out for the first time since the shooting on July 28th, telling a radio host he fired his weapon in self-defense, adding no one can explain why the PFC voted to suspend him and indicating he believes it was done to appease protesters. Well, we have a statement from Wauwatosa Mayor Dennis McBride, which seems to confirm what happened. They showed up to this man's house. They tried to kill him. Last night, approximately 50 people assembled at the private residence of Wauwatosa Police Officer Joseph Mensa, engaged in a protest and began to vandalize his home. Officer Mensa tried to engage in a dialogue with them, but was physically assaulted. As he retreated into his home, armed protesters approached the rear door and one fired a shotgun round into his back door. The Wauwatosa Police Department received assistance in dispersing the crowd from numerous neighboring neighboring agencies. The, the WPD's investigation into the incident is ongoing. In recent weeks, various groups have protested in Wauwatosa demanding that Officer Mensa be fired. The city of Wauwatosa has always supported and protected the right of peaceful protest. Last night's event was not a peaceful protest. It was criminal behavior. If the perpetrators of this criminal behavior are identified, they will be prosecuted to the fullest extent allowed by law. Quote, tomorrow morning, I will be meeting with the police chief, the city administrator, the city attorney, and other city officials to determine which steps can be taken to ensure that Officer Mensa is fully protected and that criminal behavior of this kind will not happen again. On July 14th, the Common Council and I issued a statement asking the police chief and the city administrator to facilitate the transition of Officer Mensa from WPD employment. Nevertheless, every Common Council member and I support our police department. Every Common Council member and I support Officer Mensa's right to due process under the U.S. and Wisconsin constitutions, and as a police officer, to the additional due process protections found in the Wisconsin statutes. Under Wisconsin law, the decision as to whether he will be fired, as demanded in a citizen complaint, belongs solely to the Wauwatosa Police and Fire Commission, and that commission must be given a full opportunity to carry out its deliberations. During this difficult time, I ask all members of the community to reflect on their personal responsibility to engage in responsible and civil behavior. Now more than ever, it is essential that we all work together to heal a divided community. This will require patience and an understanding that though changes must occur, they can only occur through the functioning of democratic processes and not through violence. A good statement, but I find it to be unfortunately not so relevant. These far leftists, these anti-police individuals, oh, they're just becoming angry mobs. Now, look, man, I understand you got an officer involved shooting. The problem I see is that there are many instances where cops need to be held accountable for wrongdoing. But not every instance is an officer engaging in wrongdoing, which is why we need to have investigations. The problem arises when people feel the investigations are not legitimate. 
And then it doesn't matter what's true or false or right or wrong. What matters is civil order breaks down. You got a large group of people that are showing up, and I'm reticent to actually call them protesters. They're protesting for sure, but they're not far left. This sounds like a bunch of, you know, I I guess technically leftist based on what they're protesting, but they're just angry people mad at the police. The far left fuels this. They, they post messages. The media posts messages. It, it riles everybody up. It makes them believe that everything is worse than it's ever been. And these police are literally the worst, you know, the worst people in our communities. But I wonder what really happened with this cop and the people that he ended up shooting. You live in the Chicagoland area. You live north of Chicago, Milwaukee. There are dangerous criminals, man. There's, there's, there's crime. It, it exists. Last night in Chicago, this morning in Chicago, mass riding swept through the city. Cops were shot at. Cops fired back. There's apparently some kind of gang war going on. And people are on edge. You got to imagine now there's going to be cops going out enforcing the law under the assumption that they may be shot at any moment because of the animosity. The far left is making everything worse. They're escalating tensions. Now they'll argue the police are doing it and the police have been doing it. And there's a fair point, I would say to an extent that we got to make sure we held bad cops accountable. And even if the cop accidentally fires, we hold them accountable in an appropriate fashion, right? There's a story going around about, about a, a dude who was playing video games with his, I guess his girlfriend, I'm not sure, maybe his wife. Somebody called in a domestic dispute. I believe the, the man's name was Ryan Whitaker. It sounds like, according to the 911 call, this person was actually just angry they were being noisy and playing video games late at night. So he calls in a domestic dispute and says they're slamming doors, and they're screaming, and then, he, and then they ask him if it, was, if it was physical or something. And the guy says something like, you know, oh, if that'll get the cops here faster, I got work in the morning or something like that. Well, the cops show up and there's two cops and they're standing like this, one here in front of the door, one here to the side. This cop knocks. The dude opens the door and, and lunges out, not like attacking, but like, you know, jolts out kind of like in a Kramer kind of move. And he's got a gun. The cops start yelling, whoa, 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 whoa. So he puts the gun back in his waistband and the cop behind, and, he, and they say, get on your knees, put your hands up. He does. Cop shoots him several times in the back, killing him. That cop needs to be held accountable. The, cop, the guy had a gun, I know, but you came to his house. There are stories like this. People are mad about stories like this. The accountability for this officer is going to be like he loses his right to bear the weapon. He gets put on desk duty and he's taken off the job or, or potentially manslaughter. Now, it, it is challenging because the dude was armed. But hey, man, you come to my house, you knock on my door. You know, you got to expect that someone might be armed. It's a, le- it's a legal right in this country. I believe this happened in Arizona. So I, I bring the story up. Not, you know, I bring it up just because, listen, sometimes cops do wrong. And you don't just say, oh, well, someone's dead. You know, keep the cop doing his thing. No, no, no. Look, if you got a trigger happy cop, if you got a scared cop, an anxious cop, and they don't know how to properly handle a weapon, then they need, there needs to be some kind of accountability in that respect. It seems like based on this video, in that regard, put the cop on desk duty permanently. He should not be allowed to be going around with a weapon if he can't properly handle himself when, you know, dealing with an unarmed local who, who's legally on his property and has done nothing wrong. That's why I think I, un- that, 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 that's why I would say I, I understand a lot of what these protesters would complain about with police accountability. However, it's come to the point now where they're showing up to people's homes and this goes beyond any protest. You know why? Maybe this cop, this, this guy in, in, in Wauwatosa, actually, Wauwatosa, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Maybe he's a bad guy. Maybe he's a bad guy who just wants to go around and he hates people. I really don't think that's the case. I think that's rare, but possible. Okay, but maybe he's a bad guy and they can't get justice, so they're taking it into their own hands. Fine, whatever. I don't think that's the case, but the point is, 
We have escalated now. They have gone to people's homes in the Pacific Northwest. They have gone to residential areas in Chicago. We had that video of the alderman complaining about it. And now they're going to the homes of officers and saying, we don't care about justice. This is, this is, I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. No, I'm, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. But I'll just tell you this. We can't have vigilante mobs showing up and saying, we don't care about the review. We don't care about the law. That's why it's so important we have equality under the law and confidence in our legal system. And I think a lot of cops in the Chicago and area, especially, they get away with a lot. They really do. Now you're getting this. It's going to spread. These are not the same as the Antifa far leftists, but people are just going to say, you know what? Why bother with the courts? They'll just show up. Now, we had riots in Chicago. We had riots in Seattle. We had riots in Portland. We actually also had riots in Arizona, in downtown Phoenix. And they say eight people were arrested after a protest. The event began as a peaceful march until protesters and law enforcement clashed at Phoenix police headquarters. uh, Demonstrators organized the event to remember the six-year anniversary of the death of Michael Brown, who was killed by police in Ferguson. During the protest, Phoenix Police Department played audio over the crowd saying it was unlawful. You know why I I, I think this is really interesting? I'm pretty sure, I I could be wrong, I'm pretty sure that man who died was, uh, was in Arizona, Ryan Whitaker, who was shot. But they're still riding for Michael Brown. They are rioting for, or, or I should you know, is it really a riot? Maybe not. It's an unlawful assembly. But they're getting rowdy over something that happened six years ago, but it's still happening today. And that says to me, I know, I know, I'm not saying they should go and riot for, for, for people. They should get justice. But it says that this isn't going to slow down anytime soon. It started under Obama and it's only getting worse. The anger and sentiment that started under the Obama administration has, has transferred over now into, you know, this election year for whatever reason. And it's going to result in, in, in real chaos. I mean, I, we, we don't know exactly what's going to happen with this White House siege. You've got far left people who are really, really angry. They've been protesting nonstop for nearly a decade. And now it's going to influence the election in some capacity. And, you know, I think people will end up getting physically hurt. In Los Angeles, there was a a Black Lives Matter rally for police reform, which was uh, my understanding was peaceful as people sitting in a park. So that's I I just wanted to highlight this to mention that we had a lot of action happening yesterday. You know, the anniversary of uh, Michael Brown and all that stuff. But I want to move you now to uh, Bill Barr. Bill Barr directly addressed all of this, what's going on with the the far left, what's happening across this country. In an interview on Fox News, A.G. Bill Barr says socialist Black Lives Matter protesters have created urban guerrilla warfare in cities across the country because of their desire for a left wing utopia. Tensions between Republicans and Democrats ratcheted up significantly in recent months as the U.S. was hit with a swath of protests. You mean riots? ahead of the November presidential election. Politicians on both sides of the aisle have hurled blame on each other for the uh, for the civil unrest from dissatisfied Americans disillusioned by law enforcement and the federal government. But on Sunday, A.G. Barr leveled fresh attacks at Black Lives Matter protests and Democrats in an interview on Fox News. Barr, who has a history of denouncing Black Lives Matter protests, claimed the movement is comprised of Bolsheviks with a focus on some form of socialism and communism. He would be correct. They are a revolutionary group that is interested in some form of socialism, communism. They're essentially Bolsheviks. Their tactics are fascistic. He added that he believed the ongoing Black Lives Matter protests are a new form of urban guerrilla warfare. The way the guerrilla hides out among the people as a fish in the ocean. What they do is they are essentially shielding themselves or shrouding themselves in First Amendment activity. They go into the demonstrations, which are exercising First Amendment activity, and they insinuate themselves in there to shield themselves. That's where they swim. 
And what they do is they hijack these demonstrations and they provoke violence. Black Lives Matter and anti-police protests first sparked with George Floyd, we know. Since then, a number of police departments have seen their budgets defunded and the Minneapolis Police Department full out abolished. Barr told Fox News that the group's liberal leanings, they're not liberal, they're leftists, are parallel to the Democratic Party's supposed far left shift in recent years. The left has pulled away from the umbrella of classical liberal values that have undergirded the United States and made a secular religion out of seeking complete political victory. According to Barr, this alleged shift began after President Trump was elected into office. And from that point forward, there's been this resistance, said Barr, who added that power has become a secular religion of the left. They were trying to impeach him from day one. They have done everything they can. And I think it's because of the desire for power that the left wants. They want to run people's lives so they can design a utopia for all of us. And it's the lust for power. And they weren't expecting Trump's victory. And it outrages them. Later in the interview, Barr lashed out at the media for projecting a narrative and allegedly lying to the American people about what's really happening. You don't see it on the networks. You don't see it on the other cable stations. And yet you hear about these peaceful demonstrations. So it's, you know, it's just a lie. It's just, it's a lie. The American people are being told a lie by the media. Bill Barr nails it. You know, seeing what Bill Barr is saying, I have to wonder if he actually watches my content. I mean that not literally. And what I mean to say is he's right. I see the exact same thing. And I think right now, if you're paying attention to what's going on in this country, you also, you know, you you also know what's happening. I saw a post from a friend. They called Donald Trump evil. And I thought about it. This person has no idea what's happening across the country with the riots, the looting, the the people showing up to this cop's house, shooting at him. And I thought to myself, the only people who think Trump is evil are people who aren't paying attention to what's happening in this country. I'll tell you what, I absolutely do not believe Donald Trump is evil. I have issues with his behavior. Sure, a lot of people do, but come on, he's not evil. I think, you know, especially Bill Barr, they're trying to do the right thing and they're not perfect. That's about it. So why would someone assume they're evil? Joe Biden, you know, I actually, you know, this is this is the challenge because I would argue the Democrats are evil. The only difference between me and my friend when she's saying Trump is evil and I'm saying it's actually the Democrats is that I've been paying attention to the news and I've been debunking the lies and watching, you know, real content. A lot of these leftist activists are getting their information from bunk sources who say peaceful protests, peaceful, peaceful, peaceful. You look at you look at the Oregon Live in Portland and they used 16 instances of the word protester after the police had declared it a riot. People are trying to burn down a building with people inside. They said protesters, demonstrators. And that's the narrative you see. Peaceful protesters being viciously assaulted by Trump's Gestapo. But there is no Trump Gestapo. We know this because they rioted with impunity throughout Chicago all last night. Security guards in critical condition. We know this because they show up to a cop's house and they nearly kill the man. There's no Trump Gestapo. It's the far left. It's going around causing all this damage and destruction. These are the lies. If you truly believe there was nothing but peaceful protests because of the fake news, if you truly believed Trump deployed federal forces nationwide to po- police riots because of fake news, well, then you were wrong. That isn't happening. But you're not paying attention. And so you think Trump is evil. Meanwhile, the Democrats have done everything in their power to support, bolster these riots, these protests ongoing. They've shut down the states. They've crippled the economy. They've tried to impeach the president. They have done everything in their power to stop Trump. 
And I wonder. I've had some conversations recently with some high profile individuals who are not public Trump supporters, who don't really talk politics. They're famous in other areas. And they're talking about how they're definitely voting for Trump. And it made me wonder, man, if these people who are mainstream, high profile, you know, musicians and athletes and, and, and actors and stuff like this, you would assume they're on the left in, the, in, these, in these places in the Northwest, in, in New York, in California. But they're, they're, they're secretly saying they're for Trump. I'll tell you what, man, you, you got to come out and just admit it and tell people what you, what you think. Help them realize what's happening in this country. But if you just sit back and you don't say anything and you say to yourself, you're going to go and vote. Well, I hope I hope everyone else knows what's happening, because if you sit back and you don't say it, you don't tell people to push back against this. You don't tell them what's really happening. They won't know. And a lot of people will just operate on the assumption that Trump is evil and they must support Biden. And I'm going to end with one final thought on this, because I see some conservatives talking about it. Trump says, if you vote for Biden, this is what you're going to get. This is this will be Biden's America. And they say, wait a minute. It's Trump's America right now. That's what the left is saying. But Trump, you're the president. This is happening under your watch. There's a couple important points. For one, the riots started under Obama. So yes, it is safe to assume if you appoint Biden, you'll get more of the same. However, you look at these jurisdictions and what do we see? We see Democratic politicians unable to enforce the law. Donald Trump had no problem sending the feds to the federal courthouse in Portland and dealing with Antifa. No problem at all. You get Joe Biden at the federal level, you will see more widespread riots against courthouses, against buildings, and it will be very crippling to the U.S. economy, to our government. Maybe that's what they want. That's the plan. But I'll tell you this. Trump is right. If Biden gets elected, he's not going to stand up to these people. He's going to back down and apologize like Wheeler did. And they're going to show up to your house like they do to this police officer, like to the to the people in Portland. You better you better you better stand up, speak up. I don't know. I get it, man. People are scared to take the risk. What else can I say? I can't blame them. But I hope people find the courage. I got uh, more segments coming up later today. The next will be at 4 p.m. over at TimCast.net. Check out the channel and I will see you all there. I often talk about how the media plays dirty games to protect people and skew the news so that they can claim things are false when they're actually true. One example would be like, you know, There'll be a story that'll come up. It'll say Donald Trump was seen eating chocolate ice cream. And then there will be a fact check by one of those famous fact checking organizations that'll say something like, did Donald Trump really eat chocolate ice cream with sprinkles on top? False in big, bold letters. But then fine. And then I'll give you this big description. It'll be like people often prefer chocolate ice cream with sprinkles. You get all the way to the bottom of the article and it'll say, while Trump did actually eat chocolate ice cream, he didn't have sprinkles on it. That's the name of the game. So now that you understand, here's what they do. The fact-checking organizations, when there's a story they don't like, they will add context that is irrelevant to the post based on their personal interpretation or as an excuse to label information false, which brings me to this segment. What you are seeing here is a post from Defeat the Media. They say journalism is dead. One of the last ones left is rotting in jail. Others have been car bombed, oft or simply censored. And you can see here this big false information checked by independent fact checkers. See why? Well, behind this little fact check screen is a tweet from me where I said a former president of the United States has been recorded in flight logs and now ID'd by a victim as having been on Pedo Island. And it's not and it's not the top headline in every major newspaper. Journalism died long ago. News outlets are just political 
advocacy groups at this point, something like that. It fades out, becomes hard to see. Now, how is that false information? I wonder. Somebody messaged me and said, hey, I just want to let you know you're being censored. This is not my post. Someone took a screen grab of one of my tweets. That's what Facebook is at this point. My post is a combination of fact and opinion. I take my facts very seriously. The context, President Bill Clinton has been recorded in flight logs as being on Epstein's plane. That's all I said. He's been recorded in flight logs. And now he's been ID'd by a victim as being on Epstein Island. The point I was trying to make in unfortunately only 240 characters. Around the time of this post, documents had been released showing that uh, one of the victims ID'd Bill Clinton as having been on the island. I felt that because of these documents, which came out in response to a, a, an investigative reporter, uh, at, I believe the Miami Herald, I think, or the Miami Times, I'm not sure the name. Uh, I thought that because this was, was coming out, these documents, there should be major headlines about Bill Clinton investigations into him. And I said, journalism died a long time ago. It's political advocacy. Now, the secondary opinion isn't necessarily only predicated on the first point I was making. However, they claim this was false. Here's my favorite part. Here's the website lead stories. In fact, they claim they confirm every single thing I said was true, but they added context. Hmm. So what did I say? A former president of the United States has been recorded in flight logs. Yes, he has. And now I did by a victim as having been on Pedo Island. That is also true. And it's not the top headline on every major newspaper. That is also true. Journalism died long ago. That's my opinion. News outlets are just political advocacy groups. Now, also my opinion. Here's what they did. Do flight logs show former President Bill Clinton visited Epstein's pedo island, but the media is ignoring it? No, that's not true. Oh, congratulations. I didn't say that. He interpreted it the way he wanted to interpret it to claim it was false. Now, to be fair, I understand why he read it that way or whoever wrote this read it that way. A former president has been recorded in flight logs. The point I was trying to make, which is, this is factually true, without his added context outside of what I was posting, is that uh, Bill Clinton and Epstein have deep connections. He's been recorded in flight logs. That's a fact. I didn't say the number because I was trying to avoid the ridiculous left versus right arguing over nonsensical points. It is a fact that he was recorded in flight logs. It is a fact that documents came out and now he was ID'd by a victim. Yes, because the court documents had come out. What I meant by now was the news release, but I never said the logs show him going to the island. They add that so they can then say the whole post is false. Why? Well, the post was particularly viral and it is factually correct. Now, if he wanted to make a post that said added context, I would be totally fine with that. If they wanted to say, you know, um, partially true, um, I think that's unfair as well as calling it partially true. But if there was something that could say like context required to better understand this, I am 100% in favor of this. But now these people over at Lead Stories have impugned my credibility based off the fact that they wanted to interpret a certain way, or I could take a more negative view of what they're doing. And they're trying to defend Bill Clinton because a story came out. It wasn't being widely covered enough. So I'll tell you what, I mean, let me read it. He says, there are no flight logs that document Bill Clinton, the only former US president named in the logs, huh, as landing at Epstein's Caribbean Island. Didn't say he did. Yes, as Epstein victim did tell lead stories editor in chief Alan Duke in Jan. Uh, well, oh, oh, that's interesting. Yes, 
And Epstein victim did tell this to lead stories editor in chief Alan Duke in January 2015. And other news outlets reported it. But flight logs that show Clinton flew 26 times on Epstein's plane, mostly during a highly publicized AIDS education tour in Africa, do not document him landing on the island. Congratulations. I didn't say that. It doesn't say in my post. He took it in a different context that is not fair to me because he read it wrong. Well, I'll tell you what. I made a phone call to this year fella, and I asked him to simply issue a retraction. He wanted me to go through some appeals process, and I said no. And he was like, it's part of the rules. You have to do it. And I said, no, I don't. I don't play the game by your rules because you chose to defame me as publishing false information. That is not true. And I will also add, Facebook has also decided to put a label of false information on my post that is actually correct. So I hold them partially responsible for this. We'll see how far it goes. I will absolutely be taking this in, in, in a legal direction because I am not okay with these news outlets trying to play games with what was actually said. Let's be objective. To be fair, a lot of people could interpret this in a lot of different ways, but some people interpret many different things in many different ways. You know, if you take out the Oxford comma, you can change a lot of sentences and make them sound really weird, even though your initial uh, intent was, you know, one thing. You may be familiar with, uh, there's a funny joke post where it says, you know, the, the, uh, I'll, I'll change the word because I got to keep it fam- family friendly. The, the ice cream makers, Stalin, the ice cream, make, ice cream man, comma, Stalin, comma, and, you know, uh, Donald Trump all attended a party. And the image will then be an ice cream man, Stalin, and Donald Trump. If you take out the Oxford, comma, the ice cream makers, Trump, and, you know, uh, uh, and Stalin, then you see an image of Trump and Stalin as the ice cream. And anyway, I, I'm confusing the point, but you may, you may understand the meme. The point is how you read something when it's, when it's, when it's formulated precisely on purpose, it's not my fault. And you don't have the right to then incorrectly label what I said as false when it is in fact true. What we need to get down to is whether or not this was true or false. Dare I say this post, in my opinion, to me, it looks like malice actual malice. Now, I'm not a lawyer, but here's the funny thing about what they did. My post has been labeled false by this organization. That is defamation. That is libelous. It's not defamation. It's libel. Here's what's important. This post they put up actually confirms everything I said is true. They acknowledge 26 times on Epstein's planes. He is in the flight logs. Fact one, a former president has been recorded in flight logs. Yes. If you want to be really fair, I'm going to be honest. It's, it's, I, 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 I am very precise in the language I use. You may notice sometimes I delete tweets when the, when the language is imprecise. I use that language as vaguely as possible to avoid people trying to play dirty games like this. I was trying to highlight the connection between Clinton and Epstein's flights. But you could just literally say every, every president's been recorded in any flight log anytime they've, fla- they've flown. But it is a specific reference most people know. They acknowledge this. He even goes on to say, here are the flight logs. So why are you saying what I posted was false if you then post the flight logs? He then goes on to say in an interview obtained by Radar, Roberts claimed that former president visited the island in 2002. So what about my post is incorrect? You don't like my opinion that when these documents came out, every news. Ah, there it is. I believe this shows the individual himself is offended 
that I criticized journalism. I said it died. He's angry. I said news outlets should be covering this and they're just political advocacy groups. I think he's personally upset by this. So I think he acknowledges he doesn't like the fact that I'm taking dig a dig at the news industry in a very popular, prominent and widespread Twitter post with tons of retweets. He didn't like it. He acknowledges in the post he knows what I said is true. If you know what I said is true, why did you label it as false? Why did you call it a hoax? Does that mean he knew what I was saying was true? He labeled it as hoax and he had a real reason to be upset about what I was saying. Welcome to how the game is played. I made a phone call to this man. I explained it. He agreed with me. I said, is it true that he was in these logs? Yes. Is it true that he was ID'd by the victim? Yes. And is the other two statements just my opinion? Yes. Thank you. And he said, if I want a retraction, I have to go through some forms or some other process. There you go. He, he was yelling at me on the phone. It was, he wouldn't stop. And I, I kept saying, listen, listen, listen. I'll have my lawyer reach out. I'll have my lawyer reach out. Just calm, like stop. And he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm not calm. And he's yelling at me. And I'm like, okay, dude. So I'll tell you what. Hopefully he takes it down, issues an apology, whatever. I'm going to have to reach out to Facebook because uh, Facebook's the one who slapped the false information on it. In fact, he called it a hoax. We'll see how this plays out. But anyway, you get the point. I got a couple more segments coming up in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. Chicago was slammed by widespread rioting all last night and into this morning. And you probably know by now because I've done several segments, you know, at least talking about it a little bit. And now we have this story. Check this out. Top Chicago prosecutor Kim Fox's office has dismissed more than 25,000 felony cases, including murders, shooting, (sighs) assaults, and the Jussie Smollett hoax attack. I wonder why all of these cities are doing this. And I know I've said it over and over again. I wonder because there's nothing I can really say. They're just doing it. The district attorneys in all of these different cities are just letting criminals go. Why? Why did New York do bail reform? You know, the bail reform thing, you, you might be familiar with it. The idea is that we shouldn't be able to detain people who are too poor to pay bail. So certain crimes, they get released. I like the idea. I believe in freedom over security. And then you've got a problem. Some of these people have been caught red handed and the police will testify to that fact. And the judge will say, yeah, well, these crimes we don't hold people for. So they're released and they go and commit more crimes. And some of these people, violent ones. That's the problem. We need to actually figure out how to slowly implement proper reforms, not just snap our fingers and roll out programs that release criminals onto our streets. And it results in widespread rioting. A lot of the people, not not I don't think the overwhelming majority, but there were many people who got arrested during the riots throughout the country that had been previously released due to covid concerns. So what's the what's what's the game here, Chicago? They don't want to listen to Trump. They don't want his offer for assistance. Well, here we go. The Daily Mail says Cook County state's attorney, I'm sorry, state attorney Kim Fox has dismissed more than 25,000 felony cases. Fox gained notoriety last year when she dropped felony charges against Jussie Smollett, the Empire actor accused of staging a racist, homophobic attack on himself. The Chicago Tribune on Monday published an analysis of Fox's overall record on dropping charges, revealing she has done so at a rate that's 35% higher than her predecessors. Why? Does she want more criminals on the street? Chicago is seeing, has seen their crime spike, uh, lethal, uh, lethal crime. Now, Chicago recently implemented two new police units, which resulted in a, a minor drop in crime, which is a good thing. But why is that the murders across the board are, are going up in all of these places? I wonder if you have a criminal who is prevented from doing something, you know, 
over the line, murder, for instance, and they get arrested. Then they get cut loose for whatever reason by people like her. And then they go and finish the job. We already saw this in one story. And it's brutal. A guy was accused by a woman of, you know, assaulting her, to say the least. Keep it family friendly. You know what I mean? And he was in prison. They released him out of COVID concerns. And he went and he shot the woman and he killed her. And then apparently, I, I don't know if he's still alive. He shot himself. It's, 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 it's truly nightmarish. Everything seems to be breaking down. We got mass riots. We got criminals being released. These people are just doing it. And I, 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 I think it only goes in one direction, you know. I think it leads to a danger, a dangerous. I think it's going to get a lot worse because you, you can just you do the logic yourself. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say anything. You just you do the logic yourself. Criminals being released, widespread looting and inability of the police to operate, a defunding of the police. The DA is releasing all these people. Where do you think that brings us? Just unrest, endless and endless. They say by compa- uh, in the first three years after Fox took over as Cook County top prosecutor, her office dismissed all charges against 29.9% of felony defendants, the Tribune found. By comparison, Fox's predecessor, Anita Alvarez, dropped charges against just 19.4% of felony defendants over her last three years in office. Now, it's fair to say maybe she's doing the right thing in releasing innocent people. Maybe, maybe. Considering everything that's gone on, considering what happened with Justice Smollett, I don't believe it. I, I really, really don't. A total of 25,183 defendants had their felony charges dismissed under Fox up until November 2019, compared with 18,694 under Alvarez during the same period, the Tribune said. Fox took over as state's attorney in 2016 with a promise to bring criminal justice reform and to reduce the population of Cook County Jail. Well, there you go. She's done it. Hey, there's an easy way to to reduce the population of the prisons. Just let people go. You're free to leave. Thank you. Have a good day. The Democrat is now up for re-election in November after beating three challengers in a tight race that was one of the most expensive of its kind. Fox defended her case dismissal record in an interview with the Tribune prior to the publication of its analysis. The newspaper reported that Fox did not dispute the findings, but said that the high rate of dismissal gave an incomplete picture of her commitment to keeping the public safe. It is always eye-opening to be able to look at our own data and compare it to my predecessor's past, Fox said. I can't reconcile what her decision-making was and how they chose to dismiss cases in the past. But I will say that this administration has been clear that our focus would be on violent crime and making sure that our resources and attention would go to addressing violent crime. Fox asserted that her office is focused on dropping cases against low-level nonviolent offenders, though the Tribune's analysis paints a different picture. I want to stop right here and just say this. If she's cutting loose people for like pot charges and stuff, I got no problem with that. None whatsoever. I think nonviolent offenders on marijuana-related charges should be pardoned, should be, should be released. There needs to be a review to make sure there weren't underlying or other, you know, in circumstances for sure, because maybe they were violent, but the charges were dropped. I think Trump should pardon at the federal level every single one of these people and issue an executive order saying no more enforcement on marijuana related charges. That's just my opinion. I actually think there's a lot of things Trump should do in that similar vein as it pertains to nonviolent offenses. But for sure, I think this is an obvious one. It would be great for Trump. Uh, most people seem to agree with it. And I understand there's challenges there, so we'd have to have a review process. But by all means, let these people go, man. I, not to get too libertarian on you, but locking people in prison for growing a plant and putting it in their body, that to me is nuts. I understand some of these people may have been dealing and selling, but still, I think there's an appropriate review. Like you sell to kids. Nah, I'm sorry, man. Even if it's nonviolent. Anyway, here's what they say. 
The Tribune found Fox has consistently dismissed cases involving murder, shooting, sex crimes, and serious drug offenses at a significantly higher rate than Alvarez did. Okay, man, now now you're getting into weird territory, Kim. It could be a lack of evidence. Fine. But why the uptick compared to somebody else? They mentioned uh, narcotics does make up uh, a large uh, under. Okay, so so narcotics is a large percentage of this. So I'm fine with that. All right, let's make that clear. They say homicide 8.1, sex crimes 9.5, aggravated battery 7%, and narcotics is 53.8. That's probably pot charges, man. I got to be honest. I'm totally okay with that. So let's let's make sure that's clear. But we can still criticize her, you know, for a lot of other things. Um, more importantly, the violent offenders. Fox said she encourages assistant state's attorneys in her office to openly discuss dismissing felony charges with cases that have legal problems. She said fostering that kind of environment is important to her, given Chicago's record of wrongful convictions and police misconduct. Now, I want I want to say this. Listen. I do disagree. And it does, it does call me, cause me concern what she's saying. The problem is she cut loose Jesse Smollett and now she's lost any goodwill or any, you know, good faith assumptions I could possibly make. I, I, I believe she's just trying to play. I believe she's, she's getting political on all this stuff. I think Chicago's got a sordid past. I think they got corrupt cops. I think they got wrongful prosecutions. And I think we do need someone to come in and reform this. I think Trump should be, you know, pardoning a lot of these nonviolent defenders. If she's, you know, dismissing felony charges for narcotics reasons, I'm also going to going to assume somewhat it's a positive thing. Now, there are limits, though. I'm not overtly libertarian. There are certain issues where she shouldn't be dismissing them. And so I don't know exactly what the cases are. And it does cause me concern. I want to be careful here, because if we do actually side on freedom over security, then it may be that she has legitimate reasons to actually dismiss these cases. But they do show that Alvarez, the predecessor, across the board, Kim Fox has been dismissing more cases than her predecessor. And I want want to point this out. Homicide cases, 8.1 compared to 5.3, an increase. Sex crimes, an increase of three points. Aggravated battery, an increase of just about one point. And then we see violent, you know, lethal crime escalating in Chicago and many other cities. Here's the problem. You know what? If she's doing the right thing, and I can't give her the benefit of the doubt because of Justice Millett. Sorry, can't do it. But if she is doing the right thing, well, then you still got a problem. Chicago's insane gun laws. If you want to release people under the assumption that they're innocent, you're not going to see a big argument from me. But the city also has very strict gun laws, making it very difficult for regular people to actually defend themselves. I get it. You got gun crime like crazy. What you need is legit legal gun owners. Instead, all you have are criminals and gangs who are armed. So if you're going to be cutting these people loose, giving them the benefit of the doubt after, you know, what you did with Jesse Smollett, and then the city is going to not allow people to carry weapons. I mean, you can, but it's pretty crazy in Chicago. You know, mind you, I grew up there. It's it's, it's ridiculous. Their laws. Sorry, man. I I don't know how we solve this problem because it's not so simple as to just say, drop all these cases. What do you do? What do you do? It, it, it is rough. They mentioned that she drew criticism over the Justice Smollett circumstance. And I'll tell you what, man, here, here they give us some examples to paint a picture. They say, Nigma Howard, two counts of aggravated battery. They say Howard was arrested and charged with two felony counts of aggravated battery in January 2019. Police accused Howard, then 16, of kicking, biting, and spitting on two officers. A video of Howard's altercation with the officers showed them tasering her and dragging her down a stairway after they wrestled to, wrestled to her floor, her to the floor. The video went viral, sparking outrage from viewers who were horrified to see the officers use such intense force on a teenager. 
Fox's office ultimately decided to drop the felony charges against Howard a month after her arrest, eliciting outrage from local police unions. Because apparently they knew she did it. And that's the point. Look, man, Chicago's a rough place. You got somebody being tasered. I mean, it happens, especially if you bite and spit and kick, kick officers. They got a bunch of other ones, narcotics and resisting arrest. This guy, they say a video went viral. Uh, after the video, so a Roman was subsequently hit with charges of resisting arrest and narcotics after widely shared, widely shared bystander video showed him refusing to let police handcuff him before they opened fire. He was shot and injured by police who tried to arrest him for jumping between train cars. They ultimately decided to drop the charges. I want to be fair, right? But I do, I do think it's, it's ultimately a bad move what she's doing. And we're going to see what we saw in New York. And we are, we are, we're seeing, we're seeing people, you know, murders, we're also seeing widespread looting. And at a time when people feel like the cops can't touch them, you're doing this. Nah, man. Look, we got serious, complicated problems in this country. That's a fact. But we're still a good country. And you don't do it this way. You don't. Whatever. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. Donald Trump claims there's going to be foreign interference in our election. And maybe he's right. The Blaze reports nearly 20,000 fake U.S. driver's licenses from China and other countries seized at Chicago airport. Another 2,000 counterfeit U.S. driver's licenses were intercepted at Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport. Oh, boy. (laughs) Look at all these. Now, there's no connection I can make, you know, with any hard proof that this has anything to do with foreign interference. But it gets me thinking. One of the problems we're going to have right now Democrats want universal mail-in voting. Why? They say for COVID. Okay, I get it. Then the Democrats say they want to remove signature verification. What? Why? Why? Why Why that? Then they want to remove voter ID. 37 states, my understanding, have voter ID laws. Those are on the books. Mail-in voting may or may not happen. Voter signature is also on the books in some places, not all of them. So what could someone possibly do with fake IDs? Perhaps the idea ID has an image of a person, but the name of somebody who's deceased or no longer lives in a certain area. They can now go into states that have voter ID laws. They can say, this is me, and then they can vote for that person. It allows them to bypass voter ID. It's that simple. It shows us that voter ID is not enough to secure our elections. But at a time when we are complaining about foreign interference, whether it's Russia, China, or Iran, according to U.S. intelligence officials, why would we get rid of signature verification? That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. The Democrats coming out and saying remove signature verification is to me an admission that they are trying to cheat. The one thing everyone's always says like, well, but mail-in voting works because they got to match your signature to your signature on file. Not anymore. Or at least the Democrats are trying to do that. That to me is insane. Well, let's see what's actually going on with these IDs. They say CBP officers seized nearly 20,000 counterfeit U.S. driver's licenses at Chicago, Chicago's O'Hare Airport this year. The shipment of fake driver's licenses were sent to the U.S. and originated from China and other countries, according to the report from WNYWTV. Within the first six months of the year, CBP reportedly seized 19,888 counterfeit driver's licenses and other fake documents in 1,513 shipments at O'Hare International Airport alone. Federal customs officials say the shipments arrived mostly from China and Hong Kong, but there were some shipments from South Korea and Britain. Interesting. CBP said most of the counterfeit driver's licenses were for college age students. Many of the same photo, but with different names. 
Ralph Picciarilli, CBP, uh, is that Picciarilli? CBP's acting area port director in Chicago said the IDs were very realistic. CBP noted the barcodes on fake Michigan driver's licenses actually worked. Wow. U.S. Customs and Border Protection officers working at the Dallas Fort Worth International Airport also intercepted fake driver's licenses arriving through international cargo. I want to I be fair. I want to be careful here. Rational. These could just be fake IDs for buying booze. That's why they're young people. The reason why it's many of the same picture is because <laughs> people like Joe Biden are racist, if you know what I mean. You know, right. Let's read. U.S. Customs and Border Protection officers working at the Dallas, you know, said, said, said they found these. In the last six months, CBP officers at, at DFW intercepted nearly 900 counterfeit driver's licenses that were delivered via international shipping services to the Dallas area. A CBP press release from April said approximately 2000 fake IDs have been seized over the last 18 months. What's most disconcerting about these interceptions, besides the volume in which we are experiencing it, experiencing is the ease in which so many young people freely share their personal information with counterfeiters abroad. CBP Port Director Timothy M. Lamar, area port of Dallas, said, we'll continue to collaborate with local law enforcement to educate the public and anyone who is contemplating purchasing a counterfeit ID online on the potential dangers of sharing your personal identifiable information with a criminal element. The CBP teamed up with local area law enforcement and local universities in the Dallas area to inform young adults about the dangers of providing their personal information, blah, blah, blah. So listen, it sounds like what they're saying is this is mostly related to people wanting to buy booze and go party. I think it's fair. It's also possible one person, you send in your photo and you get a bunch, you, you, you order a bunch of different IDs in case one gets seized or stolen by somebody. The barcodes work. These are legit. Counterfeiting is getting crazy overseas. We'll see how that plays out. But I'll tell you what, man, there is a real fear. And I think, if you, to be honest, I think the Democrats are purposely trying to create chaos in our election process. And that's actually me completely agreeing, in quote, with RNC chair, uh, the RNC chairwoman, Ronna McDaniel. We need to have uh, surety in our election. She's right. Let me read this for you. They say, when it comes to mail-in voting, Democrats are purposefully trying to create chaos ahead of the November election, Republican National Committee Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel said Monday. The president and Republicans have been warning about possible voter fraud connected to mail-in voting for months, while Democrats and the media have often pointed to a lack of evidence that it would lead to voter fraud. This is all coming from the Democrats, McDaniel said Monday on Fox and Friends. The president is saying, keep the system in place that we have worked. We need to have surety in our elections. Democrats are saying mass mail ballots. Let's not verify the voters. Let's get rid of voter identification. Let's get rid of signature verification. Let's have ballot harvesting, which has nothing to do with coronavirus. This is a huge problem. Please explain this to me, anybody. First of all, I think it's crazy enough that when we're counting, counting ballots, they pull up your card. Okay. Think about this. How many ballots are coming in? How many ballots? We're going to have, what, 130 million plus? And, and how many are going to be mail-in ballots? Not all of them, but a lot of them, right? You mean to tell me? Let's say 1 million ballots. They're going to pull up your, your ballot. They're going to open it, look at it and say, okay, John Smith is voting for Biden. Here's his signature. Let me type in his information, make sure I have the correct individual, the correct address. And oop, there's his uh, signature. And we're good. You're going to check every single name properly. No, they're not going to do it properly. It's going to be a mistake. It's going to be it's going to be chaotic. And that alone is a problem. Now they want to get rid of it. So what? They're saying this is going to come in the mail and they're going to say, John Smith for Biden. Good for me. You have no idea where it came from. 
You have no idea who signed it. There's no verification. There's no person in front of you. Voting is, is one of the most important civil rights we have in this country. To me, this is nuts. During an exclusive interview on Sunday with Mark Levin, Gen- Attorney General Bill Barr addressed the issues. He said, the two ways we have been resolving disputes in our society in keeping the peace are discussion and voting. And right now, we are a very divided country politically, Barr told Levin. Our elections have been very close. They can turn on one state. They can turn on just a few districts. And people have to have confidence in the outcome, or we're going to have real problems in this country. And I think the people who want to experiment with different ways of voting right now, which can predictably create problems of integrity, are playing with fire and are grossly irresponsible. On Monday, McDaniel noted, there have been vetted systems with absentee voting. Part of the verification is actually requesting the ballot so that you know it is going to the person it is intended to go to instead of mass mailing, sending ballots out to address addresses that haven't been verified to voters who haven't been verified. That's a great point. With an absentee ballot, you request it. They know you asked for it. They're prepared for this. With mass mail-in ballots, ballots just go flying around all over the place. Everybody just gets them randomly. The way I view it is, it's like having a wedding for 100 guests and having 100,000 people show up. McDaniel said, that the systems are not prepared for this deluge of mail-in ballots, and she is correct. They don't have the counting machines. They don't have the personnel. That's why it took six, six weeks to get results in New York. Could you imagine? We have an election day, and it takes two or three months to get the results. What that would do to the country when we are divided as we are? Oh, yeah. Who's going to be president come January 20th? Now, now, obviously, they can run these through electronic machines for voter for signature verification. And I don't mean to literally apply every single ballot every single time is people just going, you know, back and forth. I was trying to make a point about how difficult it is already to to match signatures. But anyway, the point I'm making now, two or three months, you got to be kidding. There's a deadline, December 14th. So this vote is moot. It's impossible to calculate on time. And what happens if they if they extend it? Marco Rubio says extend it. What happens if they do? January 20th rolls around and we don't know who it is. So Nancy Pelosi becomes president. Mike Pence, who becomes president? They say Trump vacates the office on January 20th and the new president comes in. There's no new president. Who's going to be? Maybe that's intentional. Maybe that's the plan. Burn it all down instead of losing. They claimed Trump couldn't handle the loss of 2016 if he were to lose, but it's been them the whole time. And in the past several years, everything they've done, they've projected on other people, on Trump and everybody else. So what's 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 the game plan here? Everything the Democrats are doing is leading to absolute chaos. Now, to be to be fair, I, I don't know that the driver's licenses have anything to do with with, you know, voting or whatever. I just thought it was, you know, weird. And I think it's fair to say, for the most part, it's probably just fake IDs for buying booze, to be honest. But think about it with IDs flooding in, they could theoretically even bypass, you know, vote uh, voter ID laws. It's a tough problem, man. I think we're in for a very serious crisis come November. I think most of you know it. I think the riots are going to get bad. There's going to be a 50 day siege starting September 17th in just about a month in front of the White House. We'll see if that actually plays out. But I think so, man. These people are, are, are there's a bloodlust in the air. You know, you can feel it. The air is charged. The riots in Chicago, people are, are begging for a reason to get rowdy. And of course, they want to get as much propaganda as possible out in the month leading in the months leading up to the election. Will it matter? I don't know. But think about it this way. If there's going to be a 50 day siege surrounding the White House until November 3rd, and there won't be any real results, what happens then? 
Are the people going to storm the gates? Maybe. I guess we'll see. Thanks for hanging out, man. I'll see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m. on this channel. Or you can check out the IRL podcast tonight, 8 p.m. live over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. And I'll see you then.